Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And thanks for joining us today. We are so very glad that you're with us celebrating Resurrection Day. The resurrection is the defining moment of Christianity, making sure that whatever Jesus said is absolutely true. Well, if you're here today and uh, all over the, uh, the county and the state and possibly the world, we are celebrating a very wonderful, wonderful day. There's a well-worn account of a man and his family, and he had his mother-in-law with him visiting the Holy Land, and there they were visiting all the sites there at the Temple Mount and going down the Via Della Rosa going to Golgotha, the garden tomb, and before they got back to uh, America, somewhere in Israel, the mother-in-law died, and so there were many options. He could uh, ship her body back to the United States. They said, you can bury her here in Israel, but after all that he said about the resurrection and saw about the tomb, he said, I don't want to take that chance, so (laughs) I think maybe he had another option to send her back. Well, God's Word's all about life, and it's all about resurrection. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, he took his 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be be betrayed into the chief priests, to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. Many times Jesus tried to tell his disciples that he was going to die, they were going to bury him, and he was going to rise the third day. Now it's obvious they didn't get it, and this is not the first time he tried to tell them. He would use illustrations like, destroy this temple, And on the third day, I'll raise it up. Many thought he was talking about the natural temple, and obviously he was not. He was talking about his own body. He would say things like, um, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the earth. He will be buried for three days. He will rise. You know, there's many illustrations, not only that he gave them, but even through Scripture, we have a lot of things that really tell us about the oncoming resurrection. Um, you, know, you think about uh, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham took Isaac up to the Mount of Moriah, and there he was to uh, uh, give him as a sacrifice. God did this to test him, and obviously he would not allow him to kill his son, but he was looking forward to what was going to happen in the future. You know, one of the, the amazing things about this account of uh, Abraham and Isaac is Abraham made Isaac carry the wood to the, to the top of the hill just as Jesus carried his own wood, if you will, partly up to the hill. So there's a lot of things that were foretold, and Jesus trying to tell his disciples that he was going to be crucified, and he was going to die, but he was going to resurrect the third day. Now, here's a question for you today. According to the Bible, were there other resurrections other than Jesus Christ? And the, the, the answer is absolutely yes. So let's just go on a little resurrection tour here through the Bible, because the Bible's a book about resurrection. Well, the first one is when Elijah goes to a place called Zarephath. It's the time of the the famine, 
And he told Elijah, there's going to be a woman that's going to take care of you there. And during that time, the woman's son dies. Very difficult time in the land of Israel at the time. And so the woman said, have you come here to bring this calamity upon me? So Elijah prays for that son, and that son is resurrected, and he comes back to life. And then there's the account of Elisha and the Shunammite woman's son. She had no children. God gives her a son. One day that son, when he gets a little older, goes out with his dad to the field, to the harvest, and his head begins to hurt, and he dies. And the Shunammite woman goes to Elisha, and Elisha goes back. He prays for that son, and the son comes back to life. The other account is a a little different account. It's when the man is being buried. And a man, an Israelite man, is being buried, and there is the funeral procession going out to the tombs. But there are marauders and raiders that are going through the land at the time. And so they see a, a company of these marauders, And so they take the man in a very hasty burial. They throw him in just one of the sepulchers of the caves that's in that region. Well, it just so happens the man falls on the bones of Elisha the prophet, and he comes back to life. How would you like to be at that funeral? The guy you buried gets up and he he follows you home. That'd be a good, good thing, wouldn't it? So I'm sure they were shocked. So the... The resurrection account is thematic through the Word of God. You get to the New Testament. Remember Jesus walking into the city of Nain, and there's a funeral procession going on, and there was a widow there. She'd already lost part of her family, lost her husband. Now she's losing, through death, of course, her son. And as they're going to the cemetery, as they're going out to where this son's going to be buried, Jesus passes by the funeral procession. Now, it's been mentioned, and I think it's good to mention here, death and life pass each other. And Jesus reaches out, and he resurrects that son and presents him back to that woman. What a marvelous day. It's all about resurrection. Then there's a time where a leader comes to Jesus. His name is Jairus, and he has a 12-year-old daughter, and the daughter's sick. And he comes to find Jesus to come and heal the daughter, and Jesus says, I'll come. Now, picture in your mind, Jesus and this Jewish leader, they're, they're going back to his home. And then someone from the house comes and says, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter has already died. Can you imagine how that man, his heart just fell and, and everything about this precious daughter of his, the memories and, and the love and the compassion and, and the family feeling that loss. And Jesus looks at the man and he says, uh, Don't be afraid. He said, just keep believing. And Jesus went to that home. He put everyone out. He went in where that 12-year-old daughter was, and he took her by the hand, and he resurrected her from the dead. So there are resurrection stories throughout the Bible. The last one I want to share with you is the resurrection of Jesus' friend Lazarus. Most of you know he he had been dead for four days. Martha said, if you'd been here, my brother would have lived. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he goes to the tomb and he calls Lazarus out of that tomb. Lazarus, come forth. There Jesus is weeping over his friends. Shortest verse in the Bible. And Lazarus comes out. He's still in the grave clothes. And they say, loose him and let him go. And and Lazarus comes back to life. Now, that resurrection is a very important resurrection, not that the others aren't. 
because many witnessed this. this. This was the final straw for the Jewish leaders because they said, we have got to kill Jesus because the whole world's going to go after him because there was no refuting. There was nothing that they could deny. This was a real resurrection. And so that is the last resurrection we have in the Bible outside of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, why would we say that Jesus, his resurrection is different from all the others? And then this is the reason why. All the other resurrections that we just listed, these people went back and they died. But Jesus is called the first fruits of the resurrection. He's the only one that's going to die. They're going to bury him and he's going to resurrect to never, ever die again. He said, I have the power to lay down this body. I have the power to resurrect this body. So he's called the first fruit of the resurrections. So today, we're believers. We're celebrating today this glorious resurrection of Jesus, giving us hope that we too will be resurrected if we believe in him. Now today, there's a lot of people who do not believe in the resurrection. A few years ago, there was a Rasmussen poll that said about 75, 73, 4% of people believe in the resurrection. Today, that number is down. Uh, today's statistics is about 64% of people believe in the resurrection. So about one-fourth to one-third of people do not believe that Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Now, this is not something new. I mean, there's always been people who didn't believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Matter of fact, there was a group in Jesus' day that didn't believe in a resurrection. It was a Jewish sect called the Sadducees. You see, the Sadducees, which was a group of believers, uh, Jewish believers, but they didn't believe quite as much as the Pharisees, another sect. The Sadducees didn't believe in an everlasting soul. They didn't believe in spirits. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the miraculous like we believe. And they didn't believe in a physical resurrection. Someone said, that's why they're sad, you see. So these Sadducees did not believe in these things. They were not into the supernatural. They were the secular elitist, though religious, of their day. You know, there's still some people who are religious, but they're not very spiritual. So this is a group that was in the day of Jesus. So not believing in the resurrection is something that's always been a part of life. G.K. Chesterton said, those who do not believe in the resurrection, it's not that they've examined the evidence and found it wanting. They've just not looked at the evidence at all because there's so much evidence about the resurrection. And we have a Bible full of evidence. We have eyewitnesses of evidence. So we are celebrating what is real, what is true, what changes our life and our future. So the resurrection is something that we cherish. It appears that even Jesus' closest disciples didn't believe in the resurrection when it happened. You say, Pastor, why, why would you say that? That doesn't sound right. Well, you see, it was a surprise to them that he actually did what he said he would do. And let me tell you how this plays out. You remember he's, uh, he's crucified. Very quickly, they take him down from the cross. Joseph of Aramea goes to uh, Pilate to ask for the body, and he's granted the right to take the body down. They wrap him up. They take him and put him in a tomb very quickly because... The Sabbath is coming. You can't do any work on the Sabbath. 
So they take him, the tomb is sealed, there's a guard put at the tomb. But early on Sunday morning, the Bible says the women got up and they had spices and anointing oil to go to the tomb because they're, they're talking among themselves, who's going to roll the stone away so we can get into the, to the grave to anoint the body and finish the preparation of the burial for Jesus. Now, if they're bringing spices and ointments to prepare the body, then they're expecting the body to be there, aren't they? And they're surprised because the body's not there. Matter of fact, this is what they say. They said, they have taken the body, they have stolen the body. Now, I don't know who they are, but they're, they're afraid, they're concerned because the body's absolutely not in the grave. And now they're running to the disciples to share that news with them, the body is not there. So even the disciples who are walking to Emmaus don't believe that he's resurrected because Jesus appears with them on the road to Emmaus. He actually upbraids them that they don't believe the prophets, they don't believe what the word of God has said about the Son of Man or the Messiah that he's going to resurrect from the dead. Now, when we think about this, Jesus appears to them to show them that he's alive. Now, remember the women, they run back to tell the disciples. This is found in Luke chapter 24, and I'm going to begin at verse number 9 read through verse 12. Then they, the women, returned from the tomb and told all these things to the, to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Now, the women are shocked because they, they go there, they find the stone rolled away. They, they find an angel sitting there on the stone saying, the one who, who you're looking for is not here, he's risen. Now they're running back to the disciples, verse 11. They told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. He departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Now, if you look at other Gospels, this is what it says, that, that Peter and John ran to the tomb. Now, I guess John runs faster than, than Peter because John got there first, but he stopped at the entrance of the tomb. When Peter caught up, he ran on inside the tomb and he finds the grave clothes. Now, th there's a lot of theories about the resurrection that people have tried to prove it didn't happen. And most of them are absolutely absurd. They're, they're just absurd. Now, the, the women thought maybe somebody had stolen the body. If you had gone in to steal the body, number one, you'd have to roll the, the, the stone that guards the tomb. You'd have to get past the guards and if you're stealing the body, if you're trying to get in and get out very quickly, what in the world are you doing unwrapping the body? I mean, that makes no sense. And why would you take the cloth that covers the face of the body of Jesus and fold it and set it aside if you're doing a robbery, if you're stealing the body, to get in and get out quickly? You would do none of those things. So that makes no sense at all. But when Peter rushed into that tomb, he found the grave clothes there, and he found, he found that napkin or he found the cloths folded and put aside. Someone said, well, why did Jesus do that? 
Others said, well, maybe Mary made him make up his bed every day when he got up as a child. He's still doing it today. (laughs) Well, maybe so. I don't know. But I think it proves that he took the grave clothes. He he took the napkin. I don't need these anymore. He, He placed them to the side, and he is the resurrected Savior. Now, we might think today that the disciples were looking for this, and it appears that they, they were not looking for this because the disciples are hiding. The women are coming to the tomb early that morning to prepare and finish preparing the body. Now, if they thought that this was actually going to happen, as Jesus said, and, you know, they're, they're having some doubt here, they're not in faith, we would think they're on a hillside looking for a sunrise service, maybe singing some songs, waiting for Jesus to resurrect, and none of that is happening. I was thinking this morning about the old hymn, Up from the grave he arose, a mighty victor over his foes, a victor rising from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. You know, listen, they're, they're not on the hillside watching the tomb waiting for a resurrection. They're not there for a countdown. I mean, Peter and John, the rest of them are not saying 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, boom, resurrection. They're hiding. And even when the women came back to tell them that the tomb is empty, Jesus is not there, the Bible says that it sounded like the women were telling some kind of fairy tale or idle stories to those disciples. Now, you know, this resurrection story would be different if uh, we say, well, the disciples always believed, and the women always believed. They, they, they were for certain that that body would be gone, and the evidence proves exactly wrong. Why would you make up a story of a resurrection that you initially did not believe in the beginning? And that's not what happened. These people, they had some doubts. Could it really be true that somebody could rise from the dead? Could it be true that someone could be raised from the dead never ever to die again? Well, let me tell you something. Paul takes this head on in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. He tells about the gospel. The gospel is about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 12, this is what Paul writes. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead... How do some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If we're preaching he rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there's no resurrection from the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Your faith is also empty. Yes, as we are found false witnesses of God because we've testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up then Christ, who is not risen, and if the dead do not rise, he's not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile, your faith is in vain, and you're still in your sins. Then also those who are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If this life only, and if this life that we're living only, we have hope in Christ, We're of all men most pitiful. We're of all men most miserable. No resurrection, no Christian faith. No resurrection, 
no belief in Jesus Christ. No resurrection, everything he said was not true. But here's the good news, there was a resurrection. He absolutely resurrected from the dead. Now, there are many other religions today, and Christianity set apart from all the other religions. The tomb of Muhammad is under the green dome in Medina. But no one's claiming that his body's not there. Buddha, his remains, those remains that have been cremated are located in China. No one is claiming that Buddha rose from the dead. No one is claiming that Muhammad rose from the dead. Many believers around the world, they're embracing their religion because of tradition, coercion, because of fear and force. That's not you and I today. We're embracing the wonderful belief in Jesus Christ because he's not in the tomb. He's not there. He's risen. And not that we just think he's risen. We have eyewitnesses. We have physical evidences. We have a, a world in that day that would have been quick to deny the resurrection. The Jewish leaders thought he had resurrected because they paid the guards to tell a lie. They were there guarding the tomb because they knew he said he would resurrect. So I, I know that uh, you're encouraged today because your Savior's alive. Hallelujah. Praise God, he's alive. Now, this week, I stood by the graveside of two of my friends, and I was there with the family, and we were committing those bodies back to the dust of the earth. And if there's no resurrection, it's a sad day. If there's no resurrection, then what we see is the finality of their life. There's nothing beyond it, nothing that we can do to bring them back, nothing we can do to see them go on to eternity if there's no resurrection. Death seems so final. It seems so cold. And the mourning of the families and the tears that fall grip all of our hearts. You know what? I stood there at those graves and those families sat there at the graveside of their loved ones and we did not stand there and sat there without hope. We were there because our hope is in Jesus Christ. You see, the power of God raised up Jesus Christ from the grave. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to take it back up. So today, because of the resurrection, you have the power over sin. You have the power over depression. You have the power over your iniquities. You have the power over your emotions. You have the power over the things that come against you, your doubts, your fears, your unbelief. You have victory over death, hell, and the grave because Jesus Christ had victory over death, hell, and the grave. So today, we rally in that. We triumph in that. We celebrate that today because we know he is risen. We have victory over all the power of the enemy because Jesus Christ had victory over death, hell, and the grave. So today, on this wonderful Easter resurrection day, we come to celebrate all that he did, all of the miracles, all the signs, all of the wonders, but the defining moment, as Paul said, no resurrection, no Christianity. No resurrection, no gospel good news. No resurrection, you're dead in your sin, and you will not rise again. No resurrection, your faith is in vain. But 
If there is a resurrection, everything he said, everything he did is absolutely true. And now we have that hope, we have that assurance that when you die as a believer, you will rise because he rose. And today in our world, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of doubt, and there's a lot of death. People have died by the hundreds of thousands. It's a little bit new, a little bit different, but people have always died. They will always die until that last trump, until everyone is resurrected. The just to eternal life, the unjust to eternal punishment. So because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we come today with a great deal of hope. We come with a great deal of expectation of our future. And this week, some of you felt the loss of a mother, a grandmother, a husband, a father, a grandfather. I want to give you hope. This is not the end. All those who die in Christ will see them again. We can face our future with certainty. We can face our future with confidence because Christ is alive. I want to pray with you today. And as I pray with you, I want you to just think about how wonderful it is to have the importance of Jesus Christ in your life. So today, pray with me right now. Father, we come to you because you love us. We come to you because you're the God that we serve in certainty and in truth. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And Lord, today we give our life to you. And if there's someone today, Lord, that is not certain, if they're wondering what to do, if they're wondering about their future, I'm praying today that they would open up their life and they would open up their heart to say, Jesus Christ, come in to my life. Come in and, and the Savior of your life. So Lord, praise you, we exalt you. We give you, we give you our life and our faith and our trust is in you. So Lord, today we celebrate you and we celebrate the resurrection. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do we say, our Lord is the risen Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad that you're here watching and participating. And very soon, churches all over the world is going to be gathered back together again. But today, he's risen. He's alive. And we celebrate that. God bless you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.